Coffee, Cows, and Crops is produced by the Peace Country Beef and Forage Association and hosted by Extension Coordinator Johanna Murray. On this podcast, we discuss management practices and research results with scientists, ranchers, researchers, and farmers. We strive to share innovative information and farming practices supported by sound science and practical wisdom. So grab a cup of coffee and let's get learning. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in again to Coffee, Cows, and Crops. Uh, This is part two of our episode done with Mike Roberts from the Waldron Grazing Co-op and Sonia Bloom from Foothills Forage and Grazing Association. In this episode, we're going to talk about the uh, watering system that they've got set up at the Waldron. Uh, So Mike, can you tell us a bit about the, uh, the water situation at the Waldron? We are lucky here and extremely fortunate, actually. I always like to tell people that once I learned that water would run downhill, things got better. And so we have um, all those 5,000 acres, or the water system is all gravity-based, the entire thing. There's no pump involved whatsoever. And so we catch the water in uh, dugouts or small dams in various areas and on the upland, and it can all be piped down to the, the rest of the grazing. And typically that was considered to be the poorest part of the ranch because the water was so poor down there. And even though there was water, uh, come to August, the water quality would go way down and the cattle had to enter the, the dugouts or the dams to get a drink. And it, it was just not a good situation. And now it is... Um, turned into the most productive part of the ranch and uh, it was actually quite a transformation from you know the least desirable part of the ranch to now being the, the, the most productive and I've even had shareholders come up to me and ask when it was their turn to get their cattle into the cell grazing because they wanted their cattle in the cell grazing. I've been out on the Waldron a couple times. Um, Foothills Forage and Grazing Association, we have done um, events out there every summer in the last few years. And the one topic that seems to be one of the most um, popular is the water development. And you touched on it um, a bit by explaining that the water on the Waldron is all fed through gravity. Can you talk us through a little bit about um, how you went about developing your watering systems and a little bit of that process? <clears throat> well, the our water systems, um, of course, the cells are are square, they're fifty acre squares, and so we put a water tank in the corner, in one corner of the cell, so it would feed uh, the water trough would feed uh, four cells, which is two hundred acres, which of course is more than a quarter section, and then we run the pipe over ground gravity feed is two inch pipe and we run it from with a siphon system out of a dam or a dugout down the slope and, and to the water trough and the water trough has a has a, a valve system on it so that once it's full it will um, shut off so that we're not wasting our water and uh, it's actually quite amazing where you can get water to go once you get it going through the pipe it's um uh, gravity is an amazing thing once you, you kind of get your head around it and you start looking at things differently 
Um, and the reason we use two-inch uh, poly pipe is because it's strong enough that we can uh, the cattle don't um, disturb it when they're walking around grazing. Even if they happen to step on it, they don't hurt it. But the other thing is that for the volume of cattle that we're grazing, we have to have a lot of water delivery because uh, in some instances we have up to 900 head of cattle drinking out of a water trough that holds about 550 gallons of water. So we have to uh, be able to supply about 10,000 gallons of water per day for those 900 cattle. So really and honestly, the valve hardly ever shuts off because there's always something there drinking. But if the cattle come in large groups, you have to have the ability to deliver a lot of water because cattle get stressed if they are lacking water or if they think when they come to water, they're not going to get enough. So cattle have a tendency to go to water. If it's over 500 meters or 500 yards, the cattle will go as a group. But if it's closer than that, they're quite comfortable and they'll come and go, but you've got to have a good water supply and it has to be good quality water. So basically, we've um, the water is such good quality that uh, you can always see the bottom of the water trough when you go and, and check it. it. It's very clear and very clean. And the cattle walk up. They don't have to go into any mud. They don't have to jostle for position. They just go up, they take a big drink, and then they just leave. And, and it's very low stress. It's very important when you're doing any cell grazing thing. Water is just about everything. Without water, you can do nothing. For sure. Yeah, and, and how to get water to your, to your cattle is always the big deal. When you want to yeah. start doing that. Yeah. And uh, we don't uh, like to really rely on springs. That's why we have these um, catchment basins and stuff, because these catchment basins are different size dugouts and uh, or dams, and they could typically hold a million gallons of water. So if something goes wrong with our water system, we can... We have a, a few days to work on it to get everything going again, or like we don't run out of water. You said you have all above ground pipes. I was wondering uh, if you have trouble with your water pipes freezing and how how you deal with that. Well, um, the water system is not uh, winter months conducive. It, it it doesn't work in the winter. Uh, right. the, the particular system that we have right now is uh, we did bury the water line and it does come from a spring system and uh, it runs seven gallons a minute. So there's enough water flow so that that doesn't freeze. And uh, but that is a kind of a one off of the whole situation. It's all uh, kind of a summer grazing uh, project to um, bury the water line would pretty much double the cost. By using the black pipe on top of the ground, any any sun soon uh, melts any ice that's in the pipe. It's actually quite amazing. We have siphon systems in some dams, and uh, 
if we don't get to them quick enough in the fall and they happen to freeze in, they start up on their own in the spring, which was quite amazing to us. Yeah. But they, it, would, it wouldn't lose the siphon, even though going through the entire winter time being frozen solid, and it'll start itself, which is news to me. I didn't <laughs> know that could happen. But uh, the only thing you have to watch is that your valve system doesn't break in by being frozen. All of our uh, water troughs are made out of old mining tires, those big, heavy tires. And so they're very frost, I mean, they can freeze solid and then in the spring they just thaw out again. And around our water troughs we use uh, rig mats from the oil industry and that gives the cattle good footing and it, and it doesn't get muddy there. And uh, then for our electric fencing, we use um, recycled fiberglass sucker rod from the oil and gas industry and for the corner post stuff, we used recycle fiberglass drill stem. So, so most all of the whole system, except for the wire, is all recycled products. The wire and the pipe. The wire and the pipe are purchased brand new, but all the, the posts and all the troughs and all the the um, the rig mats around the the troughs and all that, that's all recycled. And one thing we really like about those fiberglass posts is that they won't burn, they won't break, and they won't rot. So they're uh, very long-term, but by saying that, though, they're also easy to manage. So if you have a situation where you've put up a fence and you realize that maybe it would be better 100 meters to the south or 100 meters to the north, it is no big deal to move the fence. It's no big deal to pull the fence out and replace it in a totally different angle because it's uh, quite easy to, um, to deal with. Another reason that we really like the uh, electric fencing with the high tensile wire is because the elk, we have a large elk herd here in the neighborhood of a thousand head of animals that live on the ranch and they are attracted to the cell grazing because the grass there is um, more palatable and highly nutritious because it's uh, mostly all regrowing and has lots of time to rejuvenate itself in the season so the elk are attracted there and the elk can graze anywhere they want but they go to the cell grazing so their elk can be very, very hard on fences, and three, four-wire fences are very um, restrictive to elk movement, especially when they have their young calves. And the elk herds, uh, we have a large elk herd that'll calve here on the Waldron, and they calve out there where the cell grazing is in the open country, and we assume that's so they can see predators from a long distance. But then when their calves uh, are born and they start to congregate and they want to move, the, the electric fence is only one wire 32 inches off the ground. And it's very easy for them to move through that. The, the cows can go over and the calves can go under. But if an elk herd with calves comes up against a four-wire barbed wire fence, the elk calves are very much like um, horse colts. 
They can't figure out how to duck their head to get through the wire, and they'll continuously throw themselves against the wire in panic trying to follow the herd, whereas with this electric fencing, they just filter through, and it hardly even slows them down. So it's good for us because we don't have to fix a bunch of fence, but it's also very good for them because it gives them more freedom of movement, not near so restrictive. So, but, you know, and until the last seven to ten years and the uh, advancements in electric fencing and solar power, this really wasn't economically viable. But the, the solar systems now and the electrical fencing systems now are so good that uh, we can use them year-round. And uh, we actually, we don't even turn them off. We just leave them on year-round. And uh, it's just it was just a groundbreaker. I would say that electric fencing is the... Um, probably the most underutilized technology that's available to uh, grazers. It, it, it's just so, it's such, a, it's such a game changer once you realize how to use it. But that, under, that being said, if you don't put it in properly, um, then it won't function properly. You gotta put it in properly. Cool, thanks, Mike. I'm gonna change uh, it up just a little bit here. Um, when we talk about rotational grazing, water development, fencing, we all know that it sounds really great, but it can be quite expensive. And um, one of the things that um, I believe the Waldron has been successful in is securing some grant funding to help with some of these costs. Are you able to kind of um, talk about the process? Well, we... Uh... Um, we do have a conservation easement with the Nature Conservancy of Canada. Uh, we work with cows and fish, uh, a small amount with Ducks Unlimited, um, and uh, ACA, which is the Alberta Conservation Association. And so we're always looking for ways um, that we can access funds so that we can uh, do more. We want to do more. We want to protect our riparian areas because we uh, realize that um, it's more of an expectation of society, but also it's the right thing to do. If we put the cattle in the pasture and they destroy the water system, it's not good for us or any part of the environment or the water users downstream. So we've, uh, you know, we have a, a good um, situation with the Nature Conservancy. Um, cows and fish is very good. Alberta Conservation Association is excellent. They're, they're very nice to work with and very good. One thing that I would have put out to these organizations many times, and this is also would go for uh, government programs, is that they need to make it easy and, and, um, more fluid, and maybe they need to have their own specialists who can help you through the process, because it is foreign ground to us to apply for these grants, and it's very, very difficult. Like with the um, 
Foothills Forage and Grazing Association, they have Sonia to help with environmental farm program um, um, applications. And that is vital to, to making these, uh, these things possible. You, if you can't navigate the bureaucracy, you just throw your arms up and you're done. You don't do anything. And so then their end goal is not achieved. It's something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, that feels pretty common. We hear that quite a bit. Um, so I guess as a follow-up question for that, um, you, you have seen some value in these partnerships. Can you walk us through what that value looks like on the Waldron? Like, in spite of the fact that it's been a bit of a challenge navigating the bureaucracy, you still have seen value in the partnerships that you've developed. Just wondering what the partnerships have um, provided for the Waldron. Well, with the Nature Conservancy, uh, of course, um, there's a an endowment fund that each year that we can draw from and uh, that uh, helps us with the water systems and the just mostly it's the financing of it and uh, because like you said it costs a considerable amount of money but it does pay back in huge dividends not only uh, is it all financial but it's also very uh, environmentally um, friendly and sustainable and I'm not really a great fan of sustainable the word sustainable I like to say uh, progressive uh, a progressive system where you can make things better and uh, so NCC cows and fish ACA they've all been <clears throat> once we can navigate the the uh, the issues over uh, getting the grants then <clears throat> They, uh, it's it's really good to um, fence off these uh, stream systems and uh, and just watch how fast that nature can repair itself. It is quite amazing. I mean, you got to understand that these these uh, water systems and riparian areas in this grassland is very resilient. It just needs to have a, a, a rest, a seasonal rest, and. Once you can achieve that, then um, it's quite amazing how it recovers. Awesome. And we're starting to run a bit low on time here. So uh, before we sign off, are there any tips or tricks, Mike, that you'd like to pass on to our, to our listeners um, just before we, we sign off here? Well, I think uh, communication I stress to any young person who is going to university or college, or even those people who are not, is to work on your communication skills. Because if you have an idea, you have to be able to portray that idea in a way that the other people who are involved will buy into it and will um, want to become part of your vision. If you need to have good communication skills, because I always say that 95% of my job is actually communicating with people and, and the, uh, the cow part of it and the grazing part of it is only 5%. But to get anything done, and it doesn't matter if um, who you are communicating with, but it's your 
the people that work for you, the people that you work for, the, the organizations that you work with, your bankers, the lawyers, the pipeline companies, everything that you need to have good communication skills. Highly, highly underrated. You got to have the very best communication skills. Absolutely. Communication is so important for uh, being successful in agriculture. Um, I think that is all the time we're, we're going to have, though. So uh, thank you both so much for, for doing this uh, episode with me, or these two episodes now. Uh, I know I've learned a ton, and hopefully it was uh, useful or, or interesting to all of our listeners as well. Well, that's good. Yeah. And now, before we do sign off, um, if people want to look you up or uh, check out the Waldron, you guys have a, a website or, or something, right? Yeah, yes, there is one. Um, gee, I don't even know what the www Waldron Grazing, I think it's called. Yeah, and uh, there is a there is a website, and um, we're quite open to giving tours, and uh, we've done quite a few activities with uh, Foothills Forge and Grazing Association, but we've also put on grazing schools, and if they want to contact us directly, they could uh, go through the Foothills Forge and Grazing Association, talk to Sonia, she knows how to get me. Yeah, for the record, the address is waldronranch.com. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of like you don't know your own phone number. <laughs> Somebody yeah. says, what's your phone number? And I go, oh, I don't know. I don't call myself. <laughs> yeah, search me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, Be good. Have a good day. You too. Okay. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Joanna. Peace Country Beef and Forage Association is a research and extension group based out of Fairview, Alberta. Our mission is to help producers thrive in an agricultural system that is profitable, regenerative, and attractive to future generations. To learn more about what we do and see the results of our research trials or our archive of newsletters and fact sheets, check out our website at peacecountrybeef.ca. Want to get in touch? Have a burning question or a topic suggestion? Send us a message on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Thanks for listening!